back again with another episode of the blood and fire radio podcast this is episode number 154 um yeah another standard episode here i'm gonna do a theme for 155 um let's do kind of like i always do here start off with something that's uh usually pretty fast and intense we're going to france this is a three-piece although i believe they perform live as a four-piece um called Necro Wretch. They've been going since 2008. And really it's just some pretty filthy sounding kind of death thrash kind of stuff. Uh, they got four albums up to this point. Um, come, the most recent one came out in 2020, I believe. They're signed to Century Media, or they were signed to Century Media. I think they're signed to another label um, now that's kind of another bigger one, but I forget which one they, that they're on at the moment, but uh, early on they were on Century Media. And uh, so yeah, I'm going to play something off of the debut here. They've all kind of followed the same um, sound. There hasn't been that much evolution going on with their sound, nor should there be really. Um, but I always like the debut just because I like the production of the debut, uh, the best of the four. So the debut is called Putrid Death Sorcery, and that came out in 2013 through Century Media, as I said, and uh, yeah, there's not really much else to say here other than it's just some good, fast, nasty, death thrash stuff. So here we go, off of Putrid Death Sorcery, this is Necro Wretch with Spewed From Hell.
There we go. That is Necro Wretch from France with Spewed from Hell. Very nice. And I really like all four of these records, but again, I just like the I think the production just suits the music better on uh, on the debut. It's amazing how much of a of an effect that can have on a person's enjoyment of an album. Like the song could song could be awesome, but if the production's not right, it can kind of ruin everything, but uh, Alright, we're going to the USA here out of California. I believe they're from the Los Angeles area. Four-piece that's been going since 2011. It is Skeletal Remains, and they are probably one of my favorite uh, modern-day uh, death metal bands. Um, the musicianship is excellent. The songs are great. I uh, love the vocal delivery because he kind of has a... a um, oh, Jesus, what's his name? Martin Van Drunen. Uh, from Asphyx kind of tone to it a little bit. Um, it's just a cool voice. But yeah, um, really liked the last couple of albums especially, and uh, the last album featured Charlie Corin on session drums. Um, and it's kind of funny, like, looking at uh, drum cam videos of him performing, uh, my son and I kind of coined the phrase, that we, the nickname for him called Sideways Foot Charlie. Just because whenever he was doing fast double bass, he would like, instead of keeping his foot flush, you know, straight on the uh, the bass pedal, he would just kind of turn it at like a 45 degree angle. Like he wasn't doing a swivel thing, he would just turn his foot and keep it there, just sideways basically doing uh, double bass. And it was a weird, <laughs> weird thing. Probably something he does unconsciously, but that's something that stuck out to my son, so we just call him Sideways Foot Charlie. But he was never really like a member of the band, it was just session drums. Uh, so the drummer that they've been using for the last few years for live stuff, you know, he's playing drums on this new album. And uh, new album's not out yet. Um, I th believe it's coming out the beginning of next year. There's no title for it yet that I've seen. Um, but it will be album number five coming out through Century Media. Their last album was from 2020. But they have released the first single from it, and um, I've given it a few listens, and it's great. Picks up right where the last album's left off. Uh, they still sound like themselves, for sure, and it's uh, a really solid tune. So here we go, off of their, as far as I know, uh, still untitled next album. This is Skeletal Remains with Void of Despair.
Alright, there we go. That was Skeletal Remains from California with Void of Despair. Really solid tune. Definitely sounds like them. Uh, it's kind of unmistakable to me. Uh, I need to get a new shirt of theirs. I have this Raglan black and white one that I wear way too much, and the design on it is uh, is heavily flaking off <laughs> after, after this long... Uh, Alright, we're going to the UK here, out of Newcastle. Classic band, it's Venom, the old three-piece. Been going since 79 in one form or another. And I'm going to play something from, of course, the classic uh, era with the original guys. Um, I don't really respect Venom, Venom Inc. Um, I've probably told this before on the podcast, but they formed a band and it was called Empire of Evil and they played some Venom songs and stuff and it was Tony Dolan and Mantis and I forget who they had drumming for them at the time but um, they were great I saw them at a really shitty (laughs) venue um, called the what the hell was it called they just called it the Lodge was it the Lodge or something like that I don't even know what the hell it was called the Ranch that's what it was and um, so they played at the ranch, and it was terrible audio and stuff. Like, the place was just not made for, for concerts, really. It was a former strip club that they converted into a music venue. But, um, but yeah, Empire of Evil put on a great show. and But no one cares. Like, no one cared. So they weren't selling records. Um, they were just playing small clubs and stuff on their tours, so then they basically just decided, well, fuck it, let's just change our name to Venom, and we'll just call it Venom Incorporated, and it just felt like such a, just kind of sellout, just low-hanging fruit thing to do, where they're just like, hey, let's just slap the Venom name on this, and then we'll start getting more attention, and of course it worked, they're playing festivals and doing bigger tours and stuff like that, because they're kind of positioning themselves as just the other Venom and um, so I'm, I mean they're still great live and stuff like that but the records to me haven't been anything uh, spectacular and yeah I just kinda lost all respect whenever they changed it from Empire of Evil to Venom Inc because it was such a just cheap way to get uh, attention basically but I'm gonna play something off of uh, the third album At War With Satan came out in April of 84 through Neat Records and this, you know, had some big shoes to fill here following up uh, Black Metal. And it's a, it's a weird, it's a strange record. It is, this one, because, you know, it opens with the title track, which is, God, I don't even remember how long, 16 minutes, 19 minutes, something like that. Um, very ambitious. And then, you know, it has shorter songs that follow. Uh, the first time I heard this was from my friend Chris, who I believe found it uh, at the Half Price Books where he worked, so he bought it used and brought it home and uh, and then the next time I was over there we were listening to it very cool though um, I had like a kind of a best of Venom burn CD that I kind of made for myself you know just handpicking songs and making a, a CD out of it and this was on there so I, I heard this song a lot back in the day um, but yeah this is to me one of the best ones on this album here so here we go off of the third album At War With Satan This is Venom, the original Venom, with Rip Ride.
There we go. That is Venom with Rip Ride. Yeah, that record's great. The one that follows has some great songs on it, but the production is so bad on Possessed that um, it's it's hard. It's a harder listening experience. It's tougher to enjoy it, but there are some great songs on that record. I think it's a little underappreciated. Um, all right, we're going to Slovakia here. This is a four-piece that's been going since 2014. Um, they've put out records pretty quickly like there, there's not that much time in between records because I remember first hearing them I think when they had just released their second album and uh, the band is Malo Carpatan at least that's how I've heard it pronounced and they're interesting because they kind of have some Venom vibes to their riffing it's not really black metal but it's not it's just hard to pin down what exactly it is but it's good and um the only complaint I have is that, well, the song titles are all in Slovakian, so I can't, like, identify specific songs <laughs> that I really like because I just, the titles are very long and in a foreign language. But um, I listen to these records and I think, wow, that was a really cool record, but I, I can't, like, pinpoint specific riffs and moments and songs and stuff that I loved. Um, it's just kind of, I take it more as an overall album listening experience i guess but uh they just released a new one their fourth one called vertumnus caesar and that came out on october 27th uh through invictus i forgot that they were still on uh, invictus productions and productions or records i don't even remember i think it's productions i should know that but uh good irish label great bands um but yeah this one came out i i saw some some advertising for it on Facebook and things like that so I was uh, I was aware that it was coming it wasn't a surprise or anything so I've only given it one listen a solid listen start to finish I need to devote some more time to it but again it's it's very fresh um, but uh, yeah so I don't really have a favorite per se but uh, I just wanted to play something off of it just basically as a means of telling everybody who may not know hey this new album is out <laughs> so if you haven't heard it you should check it out so I'm not going to try to pronounce it very long and very Slovakian, so if you want to see what song this is, you'll have to just look at the title in the uh, the notes here. So yes, off of their new album, Vertumnus Caesar, that came out on October 27th from Slovakia, this is Malo Karpatan. I 
From Slovakia, that was Malokarpatan, off of their new album, Vertumnus Caesar. Uh, and again, if you want to see what song that was, you can check the uh, the show notes there. Um, there's a million little accents and things, so I don't have the slightest idea how to pronounce it. So, uh, Alright, we're going to the Netherlands here. This is a four-piece death metal band that's been going since 88. Only have one original member left, however. That is Sinister. And Sinister is so freaking heavy, and they always have been. Um, it's just, they're a great band. And one that I kind of forget about periodically, and then circle back, and just kind of the mood will hit, and I'll listen to some of their stuff again on Spotify while I'm working or whatever, and I just, I always enjoy it. Um, but they have not slowed down or lightened up their sound at all. Everything that they release is uh, as heavy as ever. I believe the person doing the vocals now for the last few albums is the original drummer, <laughs> if I remember right. So, um, something like that. There's some sort of a circle back when, when it comes to this lineup where uh, maybe he did drums and backing vocals back in the day, but now he's dropped doing drums and is just solely doing vocals much later on in their career. But... Um, but yeah, I'm going to play something off of the debut, which honestly, I'm not going to lie, I thought this was their second album, but uh, upon further inspection, this is actually the debut called Cross the Sticks, and that came out in January of 92, and that's the debut out of 14 albums that they're up to now, and it came out through Nuclear Blast, which is funny to me because I don't know why in my head I just don't really think about Nuclear Blast existing back in 92, like it just seems way too early for them, uh, but I guess, I guess they did, I've never really looked into when they were founded, but uh, it just sounds weird to say that it came out in 92 through Nuclear Blast. But um, 
great record. I mean, just right out of the gate, it's an excellent record and uh, one hell of a strong debut. And they're a band that doesn't really get talked about enough in terms of being like an originator. I mean, they formed in 88. Um, this album came out at the same time as a lot of other really influential death metal albums were coming out in the United States and in Sweden. And um, and this was, you know, it's it still was popular enough. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like as time has gone by, people don't talk about Sinister in the same way as they talk about you know, the, the really early uh, originators, you know, like uh, Entombed and stuff like that. Uh, but they deserve it. They're a great band. So here we go. Off of the debut from 1992, Cross the Sticks. This is Sinister with Corridors to the Abyss. <laughs> There we go. That is Sinister with Corridors to the Abyss. Really strong debut and a really cool record. And their whole discography is really solid. And if you haven't really kept up with what they've been doing, their newest one, the name of it is escaping me right now, but uh, their newest record that just came out a couple years ago is is really damn good. Uh, So I suggest you check it out. Um, Okay, we're going to Germany here. This is another band that has only one original member. It is Agatha Damon, and they existed from 95 to 2014, and then after a hiatus, uh, they kind of regrouped in 2020, uh, and they're still going now, although, as I said, there's just one original member left uh, with the current lineup. Um, I first heard them back in high school, I think it was their third album, fourth album, I think it was called Chapter 3, so I assume it's their third album, but that was maybe like... 
like I think it came out in 2001. I probably didn't even hear it until like 2003 or something like that. But then the one that came after it, Serpents Embrace, uh, was decent. And then I kind of lost uh, track for, for a while after that. There's a few albums that came after that I still haven't really checked out. Um, but I, I don't know what made me come across this newest album of theirs. Uh, I clearly missed it when it first came out. The album's called The Seven, and that came out in March of 2022 through Napalm Records, and uh, I didn't, it totally passed me by at the time, but uh, I must have seen something recently, you know, about the band that made me just kind of check them out and see what they've been up to, I guess, so I checked out this new record, and it doesn't sound, you know, like the old stuff, but uh, it was still a pretty solid record, so I wanted to, uh, to play something off of it. This album, The Seven, is their seventh album, so uh, it's their first one in nine years, because I guess the last one was uh, 2013's in darkness and um yeah they seem to be kind of revitalized i guess um they they're on a new label they're on napalm records and uh, good production on this album and they just kind of seem to have a little bit of uh excitement in their sound but i don't know i still haven't decided if i really like it or not um it's fine but i don't know if it's something i will i'll go back to you know what i mean but um but this song here uh, is really solid. I enjoyed this song a lot. So here we go, off of the newest album from last year, The Seven. This is Agatha Damon from Germany with Wolf Within.
There we go. That was Agatha Damon from Germany with Wolf Within. Um, we're going to Greece now for this next one. It's a five-piece that's been going since 99. I believe it's mostly original members apart from the drummer. The drummer's been with them since 2015. Uh, the band's called Embrace of Thorns, and they play a pretty solid brand of uh, kind of black and death metal. Just very dark, very Greek, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of suits um, that Greek scene. But I'm going to play something off of their most recent record called Entropy Dynamics. Interesting title. Uh, that came out in October of last year through Nuclear Winter Records, and uh, that's album number six. Uh, I admittedly haven't checked out much of their back catalog at all. Um, I'm still kind of digesting this one, but this was uh, a product of Spotify where I was listening to somebody else and saw this in the uh, similar artists you may like, you know. So I gave it a listen and uh, thought this was pretty solid, actually. So um, I need to, to go listen to more of it. <laughs> so see what the older albums are like. 
So anyways, I don't really know much more about this band, so I'm going to shut up and, uh, and let the music do the talking here. So off of their sixth album, Entropy Dynamics, this is Embrace of Thorns with The Breath of the Beast.
All right. I think they could have faded that down a little quicker. Um, all right, we're going to go to the UK for this next one out of Birmingham. Five-piece that's been around since 1970. I'm going full classic metal here. It is Judas Priest, the metal gods themselves. Um, I love Judas Priest, and my old band in high school used to play Judas Priest covers. You know, we played Breaking the Law. We played Electric Eye. Um... I think we even started to learn uh, Touch of Evil, but, you know, without the keyboards, it's just not the same. But, yeah, uh, we played Electric Eye at a high school pep rally, and which was a very poor choice because no one there uh, knew what the song was other than some of the older teachers. <laughs> so, not our best idea. But um, I love the fact that they're still going. Um, hey, there's the cat shaking off. Um... Love the, love the fact that they're still going. They have Richie Faulkner on guitar now after K.K. Downing had quit. And K.K. Uh, Downing, since he quit, has not shut up about the fact that he just can't believe that they haven't invited him back, even though, by all accounts, he was kind of an asshole and really burned every bridge imaginable on his way out the door. So I don't know why he's shocked that they haven't uh, invited him back. But really, it was whenever Glenn Tipton kind of had to bow out of playing live because of his uh, Parkinson's advancing to a point where he kind of can't, uh, you know, physically play the, those songs like he used to. Uh, he thought for sure, K.K. Downing thought for sure that they would invite him back at that point, but they did not. So, And I'm kind of proud of Judas Priest for that. I don't think they should come crawling back to K.K. Downing's feet. Sure, he's an original guy, but he chose to freaking leave back in 2000. 10 or whenever it was so sorry buddy like you don't have any say in the matter once you quit so um really liked the last album the first album they did a uh, redeemer of souls uh the first album with richie uh had some really good songs but there was just too many songs and the production was really weird like i didn't really care some people are really hostile when it comes to talking about that album because they hated the production so much but i didn't really care about the production uh, there's just kind of too many songs, a few too many filler tunes and stuff. Uh, but the the next album, the last album here, uh, Firepower, excellent. I thought it was excellent. Maybe still one or two songs too many, but um, it, it was just a much better record and much more of, of what you'd expect, that kind of classic Priest sound. It's kind of in line with uh, albums like Painkiller and stuff like that as far as a more aggressive approach. They're not really releasing anything that sounds like... Uh, you know, hell-bent for leather or anything uh, these days, but they talked about how this next album that they're working on is going to have a more progressive approach to the song structuring in terms of it not just following a strict, like, verse-chorus, verse-chorus guitar solo, and then, you know, double chorus and the song's over. Like, they want to kind of do some more twists and turns in there, kind of like they used to do uh, with some of their 70s and 80s material, so... They've released one single so far, and this single kind of does that. There's a few moments where you think it, the song might be kind of wrapping up, and then it kind of shifts to a, an additional like solo section. And um, but I dig it. Like the the keyboards at the beginning kind of remind me of something from uh, maybe Turbo or Ram It Down, and it just kind of has uh, this fusion of kind of older Priest elements with just kind of newer. Uh, more straightforward approach and uh, really solid punchy production maybe a little too clean and pretty but um, it's pretty much on par with the last album in that regard uh, as far as the production goes but the album's going to be called Invincible Shield 
That's coming out next year. I think it's January or February it's coming out uh, through Sony Music, and that'll be album number 19. So definitely looking forward to it. They've released the cover art, and uh, and this is the only single so far, but I'm hoping they release uh, at least one more before the album comes out. So here we go off of Invincible Shield. This is Judas Priest with Panic Attack.
There we go. That is Judas Priest with Panic Attack. Uh, Richie Faulkner is just an incredible guitar player and doesn't really get talked about enough uh, for his skills. But man, those solo sections were blistering. Um, yeah, from what they've said in interviews, you know, with the last album, they said that Glenn did track a little bit on the album for some of these songs, but on this one, I don't think he's able to at all. So uh, his main contribution came from songwriting. Uh, where Richie and Rob and Glenn would sit and go over ideas and go over song structure and things like that. So Glenn still contributes uh, heavily in that department. Um, just to help, you know, you don't want to lose that quintessential Judas Priest sound, you know. So he's he's a big part of that. So the fact that he's uh, still heavily involved and present in the studio and stuff like that, I think makes uh, a big difference. So... Great song, and um, Rob still sounds pretty damn good. He does; he's not outstanding, but he sounds uh, the dude's 72. So I'm like, I'm I'm very pleased with his performance on that song. Um, all right, we're going to Gothenburg, Sweden. Here, this band uh, existed originally from '92 to 2001, and very quietly, I did not even really notice they reformed in 2019 and are still going now, and that is Sacramentum. And I really, really like Sacramentum because they're kind of in that same vein as, uh, as Dissection and really early Dark Funeral records and things like that in terms of it just being very melodic um, yet aggressive black metal, like old Naglfar and stuff like that. So it's, it's very much uh, in that same vein. Uh, I'm going to play something off of uh, my favorite one, which is the debut called Far Away From The Sun came out in May of 96, and um, they have three records total, all from that first uh, era. Since they've reformed to 2019, there's no new albums or anything like that. I don't even think they're necessarily planning on doing anything like that. But they are kind of getting out there and touring a bit, and I think they just played here in Texas uh, earlier this year, So, which I didn't know about until it was like they were there that night, you know, I just happened to see people on Facebook like, who's going to Sacramento tonight? And I was just like, yeah, shit, and I had no idea. I couldn't go to it, but, um, but yeah, they're just a really solid band. Didn't overstay their welcome. They released three really solid records, and uh, it's, it's cool that they're, that they're back and playing live again and stuff like that. So this is actually the opening cut off of the record, and uh, very nice and intense and very melodic as well. So here we go, off of Far Away From The Sun, this is Sacramentum with Fog's Kiss.
All right, there we go. That was Sacramentum with Fog's Kiss. Outstanding record and one hell of a debut. Um, all right, we're going back to France here. This is a four-piece as far as uh, for live shows and things like that. Two-piece on the records. Been going since 99. That is Alceste. And big fan. Big fan of Alceste. I do prefer when they mix it up with the clean vocals and uh, some of the harsh shrieks and things like that. But they uh, they still are equally as enjoyable, I think, when it's uh, it's just the clean vocals. You know, the debut had no shrieking on it and then uh, the album shelter as well was all clean vocals uh the shrieks came back for the album that followed which was called kodama that was album number five and then this one snuck up on me at the time um they released this album which remains their uh, their most recent although i know they're working on new material now um but it's called spiritual instinct and that came out in october of 2019 through nuclear blast records um, didn't even really realize that they were signed to Nuclear Blast either. I thought they were still on, uh, they used to be on Prophecy, and I thought they were still on Prophecy Productions. But um, but yeah, this is uh, album number six, and really good. And this picks up where Kodama left off. Uh, it still very much sounds like them, and there is a good blend of, uh, you know, the, the shrieks are used more sparingly these days. But uh, when they are used, it's a it's a cool moment. It's a it's a big deal for me when I hear the shrieks. I'm just happy. I'm o- I'm always instantly happy that they're back. But um, the couple of singles that they had released off of this at the time, I remember really enjoying, and used to practice along to them uh, whenever I still had a room to have real drums set up. You know, I don't have a space with real drums anymore. Uh, I just have an electronic kit here at home that's really my son's, so I usually just set up my little practice pads and stuff and practice on that, um, and it, I can get by with that. But yeah, back when I had my drums, real drums, set up in a room, I would practice uh, along to those songs that they released as singles leading up to this. But uh, the album itself, great album, really good, and it just feels like they should have more than six albums by now. They've been around for so long... Um, since 99 now and I think I first heard them in 20 oh 2010 I guess I think they either just released or they were about to release the second record and I heard um one or two of the songs off of it and I was just blown away so had the uh the good fortune of seeing them in uh Norway in 2011 and then uh, I've seen them uh, a couple of times you know back in Dallas uh, in the years since then but uh, anyways I'm gonna go ahead and play the title track here very strong tune and uh, just quintessentially Alcest so here we go off of album number six this is Alcest with Spiritual Instinct
All right. That is Alceste with Spiritual Instinct. Excellent song. Um, we're going to Australia here. This is a five-piece that's been going since 06 called Cemetery Urn. And funny story with them was I had never heard of them before. Um, my friends Dave and Claudia were going to see them in Fort Worth, of all places. Uh, and they said, are, you know, are you going to go to that show? And I was like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, you'll love it. Come on, you should come out. So being in Fort Worth, it's closer to where I live. So I was like, yeah, whatever. But it was basically at... I don't even know what to call it. It just looks like a warehouse. Like, it just... It didn't look... It's not a venue. It didn't look like a venue at all. It looked like a self-storage place, basically. Um, but I, I... My memory might be betraying me here, but... There was massive delays because it was the type of setup where there was nothing was really getting mic'd up. It was just a, vi a microphone for vocals and uh, through a PA. But I want to say whoever was supposed to bring the PA either forgot or was late or something with the PA just either wasn't working. But I want to say there was some sort of a hiccup like that where it was like a crucial piece of equipment that they needed to put on the show they did not have and they were waiting for somebody to bring what they needed so then you had stuff where like you know somebody would bump into a somebody's cab and the amp falls over and breaks and you're having to borrow somebody else's amp so the by the time the opening acts played um and it was cemetery urns turn it was like one in the morning and even this is back when i was young and had energy and stuff and i still just like threw in the towel i don't think i saw any of cemetery urn because i was just too damn tired and i went home but that whole downtime before they played we were all just kind of standing out for out front of the place just drinking beers and talking and that was probably the most fun part out of all of it really it was just uh, chatting with different people out front of the venue uh, because the sound was garbage, of course, in in that venue that's not really a venue. And so it really just kind of wasn't even worth the time uh, as far as the show goes. But it was uh, still a fun night somehow uh, when it was all said and done. But, um, but yeah, I mean, since then, of course, I've listened to Cemetery Urn. And it's just some really solid death metal. And um, I think I've played them once or twice on the podcast uh, in the past. So I'm going to play something off of their brand new one called Suffer the Fallen that just came out on October 27th. Um, and that's album number five, released through Hell's Headbangers, which they really are kind of a quintessential like Hell's Headbangers band. Like their sound um, suits that label perfectly. You know, if you've ever heard any other bands off of that label, they all kind of kind of follow that same thread that same style you know but um i will say i think the drumming has improved uh not that it was ever bad but the guy who's drumming for them now um is really solid with his double bass work and and uh, it's you know it, he really flaunts it on this new album i would say so here we go off of the new album suffer the fallen this is cemetery urn from australia with embers of the burning dead
There we go. That was Cemetery Urn from Australia with Embers of the Burning Dead. Uh, jumping to Finland here. This is a band that I don't know how to feel about, and that is Beharit. They existed from 89 to 96 and then kind of started up again in 07 and are still going now. Um, I feel like Beharit is pretty damn overrated overall. Um, the more nasty black metal stuff that they wrote was not good great um and then like drawing down the moon was real kind of 50 50 for me as far as being good and some of it bad and then there's lots of just kind of weird ambient albums and stuff in there uh kind of electronic ambient stuff it's just a little weird and then the kind of return to form if you will was 2009's engram and that came out in April of 09 through Spine Farm Records, and that was their fourth album out of six. And frankly, I thought this was the last album. Um, I never noticed them release anything after this, but there's two more albums after it that seem to be more of the just weird avant-garde kind of ambient stuff again. Um, so, I mean, props to, uh, to them for kind of doing whatever, whatever they feel like. But uh, overall they kind of get talked about like these uh, these kind of legends from the Finnish scene back in the day and I I don't know I don't really I don't think the stuff they did is strong enough to to warrant that but um, that's just my opinion but I will say this album Engram I did like a lot when that came out I was working at a retirement home at the time and I had a little iPod shuffle remember the little tiny tiny shuffles and it holds like 50 songs or whatever and that was it but I remember I had several songs from this album on the shuffle for a while there, and I'd be there setting up for breakfast or whatever in the dining room uh, way early in the mornings, and there's just nobody there, so I'd have my headphones in listening to these songs at like 6.30 in the morning while I'm making oatmeal for the old folks. So yes, that's immediately what this album uh, takes me back to. So um, This one is kind of one of my favorite ones off of the record. There's a few like really strong ones on this record, but I, I went ahead and selected this one. So here we go. Off of 2009's Engram, this is Beharit with Suck My Blood. Media, 
There we go. That's Beherit from Finland with Suck My Blood. I'm a little disappointed, like the guitar player, um, one of the guitar players in Beherit these days is the guitar player from Thy Serpent, and I would so much rather have a new Thy Serpent album than, than anything new from Beherit, and Thy Serpent just does not seem to do anything, and that really bothers me because I love Thy Serpent, especially the old stuff, Forest of Witchery and stuff like that. Uh, anyways, going back to Germany here, this is a five-piece death metal band that's been going since 2014, and they've uh, gotten kind of popular here. They're on Metal Blade these days, and that is Endseeker. And they're a band whose logo I had seen often and just kind of took my sweet time checking them out, and uh, it's good. It's kind of very much in that Swedish death metal kind of vibe, but, you know, the German death metal scene has always kind of had some similarities there it's not exactly like that Stockholm style but there's definitely some similarities there and uh, this band is uh, certainly no exception so 
They've got four albums, but I'm going to play something off of album number three, which is called Mount Carcass, which I think is an amazing title for an album. And that came out in April of 2021 through Metal Blade Records. And they've always had really cool album covers, a really cool logo, great, thick, solid production, and uh, very straightforward death metal. And yeah, not a lot of curveballs or anything like that, but it's just done well, vocals are good, and um, they've just been kind of climbing that ladder of popularity, and, um, and they're doing well, so good on them. But anyways, here we go, off of the third album, Mount Carcass, this is Endseeker with Frantic Redemption.
There we go. That is End Seeker from Germany with Frantic Redemption. Um, okay, it is that time for me to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, you can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. And uh, the catalog of episodes is also available on Spotify, so you can listen there. And uh, if you have any sort of feedback or requests or anything that you want to share with me, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of news regarding the podcast or future episodes and such uh, is always going to be posted there. So uh, find and follow the page so you don't uh, miss out. Um, all right. I plan on doing a themed episode for 155, so uh, stay tuned for that. And uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up here. We're staying in Germany. This is a five-piece. That's been going since 06. At least uh, I think it used to be kind of a one-man show at one point, but uh, it's been expanded out into a full band, and that is Heratois. And just kind of some really good post-black metal, super melodic elements in there, but still gets harsh when it needs to be um i was a big fan of the debut that came out in 2011 and then uh the second album called the circle came out in 2017 and that was uh that was excellent and definitely had some some different elements going on in that one uh from the debut but it was just done really well really enjoyed that album and now here we are six years later and uh, they just released uh, a new album called night sphere and that came out on October 6th through Northern Silence Productions. So been going since 06, and they only have three albums out. But um, it's, you know, they, they always kind of make it worth the wait. Like, whenever they do release something, it's always very strong, very solid album. Uh, so this one is really good. I've given it two listens so far. I plan on listening uh, even more this week um, but because I've, I've really enjoyed these first two listens. This song in particular features um, a member of Der Weg Einer Freiheit, um, another German, you know, black metal band. And I'm not really sure in what capacity, but I know it features a member of that band. But uh, this is a great song. It's a longer tune. Uh, you know I like to do that at the end of episodes. But a uh, really solid song, and I really enjoyed this one a lot. So if you haven't heard this new record, I suggest you check it out. And please... After this song is done, keep listening. I have another little message at the end of, uh, of the episode here. So keep on listening. So here we go off of Night Sphere. This is Heratois from Germany with Glacier Heart, Night Sphere Part 2. Cheers. <laughs>
All right. Thank you guys once again for listening to this episode. And thanks for sticking around for the message here at the end. Just wanted to say um, that episode 155, the themed episode, is going to be my final episode. Um, Thought about just doing the old Irish goodbye and just posting 155 and then just kind of not posting anything ever again. But uh, I thought that would be a little rude. So uh, I just wanted to thank everybody who has listened uh, consistently over the years. I mean, it's been seven years of doing this, and I always told myself as long as people are enjoying it, and as long as I'm enjoying it, I'll just keep doing it. Um, and I still enjoy it, but the enthusiasm is is waning a bit because, you know, a lot of people don't know this is a multi-day thing. It takes up a, like four days out of my week for each episode because I sit there and I... I'll go through the whole process here. Like I, I use the notes section on my phone and I'll come up with 14 bands that I would like to play. And then I will pick the songs that I want to play for those bands and I will make a Spotify playlist out of it. And then I kind of shuffle things around to see kind of what order I like for the songs to be in. So the episode flows properly. It also gives me a, a rough estimate of how long the episode will be. Um, and then once I have all that sorted out, usually the next day I sit down with my legal pad and a pen and I handwrite all of my notes for the episode. Uh, and I've always done it the same way from episode one all the way up to now. And so I handwrite all the notes for that. And then the next day I'm usually sitting there on the laptop acquiring all of my songs. Uh, I always try to support the bands whenever possible, purchasing songs uh, through the iTunes store. Uh, or on Bandcamp, and if there's something that's just impossible for me to find elsewhere, I do have to occasionally rip something from YouTube, although I hate to do that because then nobody's getting any payment for it, you know? Um, So that process takes time, and then converting them all to MP3s, the proper MP3 format uh, for the uploading it into Pro Tools. And then the Friday or whatever, I'll upload everything and create the session, And then on Saturday is when I usually actually record the show. And then I have to bounce it. Bouncing it is just transferring it into a a wave file, a single wave file. And that, um, the way I do it with my kind of older version of Pro Tools, it has to be done in real time. So if I have a two-hour episode, it takes two hours for it to bounce. And, uh, And then, yeah, I finally have it all done on a little flash drive, and then I can just upload it and post it on Sunday nights. So it's something that kind of goes from Wednesday until Sunday. And it's just gotten to be a little bit much, you know. Uh, the payoff isn't quite there. I've never really tried to make any money off of this. I've never done ad reads. Um, I, I haven't really gone to great lengths to pay for ads on Facebook to boost the audience. I used to do that early on and it helped a little bit, you know, but it just still wasn't really getting uh, the attention that I was hoping it would. So I can see the stats, you know, anytime I post an episode uh, on Podbean, it'll show me that for the month I've only had 32 listeners or something like that. So I'm like, yeah, that's like one person a day. And that's cool. Like, when you really think about it, it's cool that I'm releasing something that somebody out there is, is choosing to listen to. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just for the amount of, of effort that's going in. I, I know I have uh, some loyal friends um, that listen every episode, and I uh, really appreciate you guys. 
And yeah, I mean, I, I never shifted formats. I thought about doing interviews at one point, but really the whole point of it was I just wanted to make a good like playlist show, model it kind of after Radio Fenris, where I just kind of chime in with my little anecdotes about this band or that song and just kind of keep it as uh, just purely musical entertainment to have on in the background while you're driving or working or cleaning house or whatever you're doing. So I feel like I kind of succeeded with that. And if nothing else, I've got 155 episodes of stuff for my kid to listen to one day. If he's off at college one day and he misses dear old dad's voice or something like that, he can put on an old episode. So, um... I'm going to, I didn't save all of my recording sessions, so what I'm going to do, and I suggest you do the same if you want to keep these episodes, is you can download them from Podbean. Um, so I'm going to, you know, take the next couple of weeks to basically download MP3 versions of every single episode that I've ever done, and uh, I do have them on my iTunes on my laptop, but still I'd like to download them and keep them on a, on a drive somewhere just so I don't lose them. And, uh, and then after that, I'm going to kind of shut everything down because I pay 15 bucks a month to Podbean for their hosting fee. And, um, you know, again, I don't make any money off of this. So I've reached a point in life where every dollar uh, is important. <laughs> it's it's very tight financial squeeze over here so um, you know at the end of the day it's just 15 bucks a month that I could be saving so it just it is what it is you know there's time is time is something I don't have a lot of because it's there's so many things that you're supposed to do and there's just not enough time to do it where they you're supposed to exercise and you're supposed to uh, lift weights, do weight training, but you got to prioritize sleep. So you got to make sure you go to bed at a decent hour. And then, uh, you know, in addition to parenting and it's just, there's not enough time. I just don't have time or energy for any of this shit. So having to use four days, four evenings, I should say out of the week to prep episodes and stuff, uh, just feels like maybe I should be using that time for, for something else. I don't know, but, um, I'm sure I'll miss it. To an extent, but um, I'm definitely not going to stop uh, listening to music and checking out new music. I'm still going to make those posts on my personal Facebook page, you know, every Friday about new music that's come out and stuff like that. But yeah, just don't be afraid to fall down some rabbit holes and uh, and check out some new stuff, you know, because you're not getting it from me anymore. But um, but again, just thanks everybody for supporting it for as long as you have, and uh, and just being some good and solid listeners for me. I appreciate it. So I'm going to do, uh, as I said, a themed episode for 155. I probably won't do much of a goodbye on that one because I'm kind of saying everything I want to say here. So uh, I'll keep it short and sweet kind of at the end of that one. But, um, but yeah, just wanted to let you guys know so there's no shock on the next episode. So see you guys. See you in two weeks.